Well, what gets more classic than that, right? Peanuts, classic. When one of my favorite Christmas movies, The Grinch That Stole Christmas with uh, Jim Carrey, there's a line that Mayor Augustus Who says, and he states it this way, can't we just get back to Christmas the way it was meant to be, Grinchless? I didn't deliver it exactly like the movie. You're going to have to watch it sometime in the next couple of days, but Christmas, the way it was meant to be. Hmm. What does that mean exactly? What does it mean to get back to the real Christmas or the classic Christmas or the way it, was, the way it ought to be or the way it was in the beginning? What does that even mean? Because when I look around, I look at us, I look around at pop culture and the way that every commercial seems to like hash every Christmas song we've ever loved. Uh, it feels a little bit like it's much more of a commercial event meant to sell a bunch of stuff than to make you feel guilty and be financially stressed. And then you're trying to just get to every possible party so you're just stressed out. That's sometimes how Christmas starts to feel in our modern era. So at some point, we might ask the question, is there something more simple? Is there something where we could get back to the way it ought to be, the Christmas classic? You know, like the, like the Christmas that Jesus celebrated. Well, there's a bit of a problem there. Jesus never celebrated Christmas. Neither did his parents. Neither did most Christ followers for hundreds and hundreds of years wasn't really on their calendar radar. Now, you might be thinking, what? Okay, Ben, then what did the early Christians celebrate? Did they, did they celebrate anything? Well, yeah, they did. And we know it as Easter. That was the big celebration. I mean, that was the game changer. That was, you know, resurrection and Jesus of Nazareth coming out of the tomb, freaking everybody out, changing the universe. They celebrated that one. That's a no-brainer. We got, we got Easter, but Christmas, not so much. Now, you may also be thinking in your head, no, no, wait a minute, Ben. We're in the good old U.S. of A. United States of America, we know how to celebrate Christmas. Let's celebrate Christmas the way our founding fathers did. Yeah, they didn't really celebrate it all that much. Uh, and then you got, wait a minute, let's go back farther. How about those good Christians back in the... 18 and 1900. Certainly they knew. They, they knew how to celebrate classic Christmas. Well, no, it really wasn't that big. Uh, it, it's really kind of a recent thing that we've kind of turned it in. In fact, I would make the case that when most people think of classic Christmas, they're thinking of about a big fat guy, you know, red suit, you know, red nose, holding a coat classic. That's what I think most people, but that's really recent, right? That's like 50s and 60s. So what does it mean to get back to classic Christmas? What could that possibly mean? What would we talk about? Well, good question. Glad you asked. And uh, I consulted the, the ultimate authority on all things, the BBC on the internet. And, uh, and the question was asked by lots of people, or two lots of people, hey, what makes a Christmas classic? And see if you can agree with some of this stuff. So they thought in the article the things that make a classic Christmas would include like, uh, you know, a street choir, you know, singing carols, 
we're like carolers, right? A street corner choir singing the old, old songs, right? Maybe other people thought going home after being away for a long time. That felt like a classic-ish sort of Christmas. Or just simply getting warm by a living room fire. How many people here have a fire close by that you could get warm around? Okay, a few of us? Okay. All right. Gas inserts are okay. We're modern now. We're, we're, we're modern that way. And other people think, well, it's drinking mulled wine and uh, having mincemeat pies and a mom's love. I don't, I don't know. Do you think some of those resonate? What makes a classic Christmas for most people? Um, I think for some, Christmas represents sort of maybe this, this longing for something that you can't quite obtain. You know, something that just is just out of your reach, but you're longing for it. I think for some, that, that represents Christmas to them. Or maybe others, there's a sense of mystery, or Lord forbid, magic. Or at least, wrapped presents and some stockings hung on the mantle, right? That's, that's got some of it there. We're getting close. Okay, well, let's make, a, let's make this a little easier. What do you think makes a great Christmas movie? All right, rack your brain. What makes a great Christmas movie? According to that same BBC article, you're welcome, uh, it said in that article, the best Christmas films, they put their characters through the ringer, as, as it were. You know, they kind of put them into financial or like physical dangers, and it provokes some kind of profound emotional trauma. And then Christmas brings them back. It takes them from the ledge and brings them back in and, and helps them to see the important things in life. Does this sound familiar on some of the Christmas movies you've seen? And then they, they put, you know, love over money. And they put family over just gain. And sometimes they add a little magic over the affair. Okay, you may, have, you may have agreed or disagreed with some of those characteristics, but I want you to take a moment now, maybe just a minute, and I want you to tell somebody next to you what your favorite Christmas movie is. Ready? Go. Favorite one. <clears throat> favorite one. You got to choose one now. <clears throat> Now, uh, if uh, your neighbor or someone close to you said die hard, punch him in the arm. Because, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't, don't punch them in the arm. That would not be nice. Well, I'm Pastor Ben. I'm glad you were here with us today. Uh, it is Christmas Eve. May I be one of the first to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We gather like this, like Christ followers all over the globe. We're one big dysfunctional family of faith. And uh, we serve Jesus because that tomb was empty on that Easter morning. And that makes all this possible. And we're in this room for that reason, to celebrate this amazing Jesus of Nazareth of Galilee that taught amazing things, did amazing things, but rose from that grave and offered hope for humanity, hope beyond just what we see. So today we're going to lean in to a little bit of that classic Christmas. We're going to open the scriptures and, uh, but before we get too far, let's, let's pause for a word of prayer for a second. Maybe uh, on the count of three, take a deep breath. One, two, three, deep breath. Let that out. It's Christmas Eve. Let's pray. Father, we come before you with humility, recognizing you're in charge and we're not. We're thankful for your kingdom and your ways. And your ways are not our ways. Father, there's mystery to you. But you told us over and over again, through many ways, you love us more than we could possibly imagine. And so, Father, we lean into that truth today. 
Would you speak to us about the power of what it means to get our hearts right on this moment of Christmas, this idea when, when, when your son Jesus took on flesh and walked among us, where you entered into the story of humanity and brought hope beyond understanding. So we lean into that today and your word. In Jesus' name we all pray together. Amen. All right. So for me, a classic Christmas has to include a real tree. Preferably cut down by moi. Now, I realize that I've heard rumors that there are some weird people out there that don't have real trees on Christmas. In fact, their trees are fake. Who in here has a fake tree? Be, be strong. Okay. Ooh, there's a big crowd here. Uh, so um, uh, the exit doors are over here. And uh, no, uh, this was the first year that I was tempted to get a fake tree. I was really tempted because we had a lot going on. And, but no, we, I like to cut them down. I was, when, we were, when our kids were younger, we used to buy that $5 permit that you get uh, over by Detroit Lake. You buy a $5 permit, then you drive up these crazy, narrow, risky, dangerous, small logging roads full of ice and snow, and you're trying to cut down a really imperfect tree because it's been on the side of a hill and half the tree is gone. That's the way we used to roll when we were younger. But for me, yeah, real tree, I like stockings. You gotta have stockings, right? Who's stocking people here, yeah? Stockings, I love that. I love great food, family, music, of course. It means reading the story of Jesus' birth, like Linus did from Luke chapter 2. We, we've done that all, all growing up. When the kids were younger, we even do it now when we're adults. Before we open presents on Sunday morning, we're reading, or, or Christmas morning, we're reading the story together. That's, that's a big part of our tradition. For me, a classic Christmas is uh, new pajamas on Christmas Eve. Uh, and uh, if we're taking it up a notch, Snuggie. I, I like a Snuggie. I really do. I, I like a Snuggie. Feels good. You know, a little flap in the back? No, that's, uh, don't, don't wear those. Get that image out of your mind. And um, I like candy canes. I, I'm a candy cane fan. I like the big, 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 huge candy canes. Love those. Peppermint, cocoa, gingerbread cookies. And yes, drum roll if it's possible. A four-letter word that starts with S. Knock it off. Don't think that. Snow. Snow. Right? Snow. We got to have snow. That makes a classic Christmas for me. And look, Christmas brings up all the feels sometimes. Uh, for bad or good, but many times some of us have some just nostalgic feels of when we were younger, a great Christmas here and there. Uh, and and uh, we celebrate that. But what makes a classic Christmas for you? Thought about that? What, like, what, do you, what are your go-to? What do you have to have so that Christmas feels somehow that you had it? Yeah, for some of you, it might have been those songs I sang earlier. You know, about reindeer, right, and, and about Santa and a sleigh and, uh, you know, Jack Frost nipping and chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Pause. Who's actually roasted chestnuts on an open fire? Anybody in here? There was one person in first service that actually did it. And I'd like to know more because I don't think I've ever had a chestnut. I, uh, I don't know if it's, it's a walnut. I don't know, you know. Maybe it's something like that for you, or maybe it's watching a classic movie like a lot of people. Jimmy Stewart, come on. I think he was better than John Wayne. We can fight about this. I know. Jimmy Stewart, It's a Wonderful Life. Come on. Jackie and I watch that every Christmas Eve, 
as we're wrapping gifts. You know, it's, it, it's important to have a movie that long because when you're trying to wrap coal, coal is kind of hard to wrap. So you need a good long movie so that, you know, the kids have their coal wrapped just right. Maybe for you it's candlelight and silent night. Something simple. Those are powerful, right? Those are powerful things. But I wonder about our faith. Some of us, you know, many of us maybe in this room are followers of Jesus. We say Jesus is awesome. And I wonder sometimes what he would think of our celebrations. Like if he were to just kind of step into what we're doing and look around and walk around some of the stores and watch some of the TV commercials, would he be confused as to what's going on with this whole Christmas thing in modern day? What would he think? What would God think? How would God answer the question, what's a classic Christmas, God? How would, maybe that's a silly question, I know, but look, family's important. Family, friends are important. Look, good food, great music, celebration, that's important. Being kind to one another, being generous, that's good, that's important. Those are all good things, but is there something more as we kind of get into this? Is there something powerful, more deep? And I think there is. I mean, something eternal, something unchanging, something universe-altering. The whole concept of the true meaning of Christmas gets tossed around quite a bit right now. You know, whether it's been on commercials, TV shows, holiday specials, this whole idea of the true meaning of Christmas gets kicked around a lot. But it's simple, really, what the whole message of Jesus entering into humanity meant. I mean, here's God of the universe putting on flesh, walking into our midst, and then, and then basically allowing people to see him. There's something eternal there. Jesus gave us hope for the first time ever. Hope for humanity was offered in this time we celebrate and we call Christmas, the entrance of God into human history. A new birth into a living hope is how the scriptures talk about it. Hope for humanity, hope for every person, not just the, the chosen few, hope for everyone. In Jesus' birth and his life and his death and his resurrection, we have access by faith into a living hope, a hope that carries us beyond the grave, which the older I get, the more happy I am about that. I'm glad this isn't just it, right? Some of us that are older in the room are like, yay, amen. That the, when we close our eyes to this life, we open our, li- our eyes into, into a new heavens and new earth. And I'm excited about that. It's not over when it's over when it comes to Jesus. Victory over sin and death. That's really what the whole message of Jesus is about, including Christmas. I want to read a passage from the Gospels. This is the Gospel of St. John, first chapter. Read just a few verses. This is not normally read at Christmas time, but I think it's absolutely relevant to what a classic Christmas is really all about. So I'm going to start reading. If you have a Bible or device, find 1 John, or I'm sorry, John 1. Uh, you have the, the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And so find John if you want to follow along with me. But I'm going to read from uh, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. True light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. 
But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of, of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. I mean, the classic story of Christmas is Jesus with us, God with us. Emmanuel is what that word means, is God with us. And for those of us in Christ right now, there's a sense where uh, the Holy Spirit, by faith, is now living inside us. So it's not just God with us, it's God dwelling in us. And so when we're part of a church family like, like this, what we're doing is together, working this out together. What it means for God to be with us and God in us. Working out that reality. It's this God dwelling in us, God being with us reality that's beautiful. The light has come and it's in Jesus. Messiah. So the key to the classic Christmas, simple. It's that you and I would keep our eyes and our hearts set on Jesus. That we would keep our eyes and our hearts set on Jesus. That's really the key to a classic Christmas. Look, Jesus, the scriptures tell us, like we just read, he's the author of life. And Hebrews tells us he's the perfecter of our faith. So trusting in him, following him, doing what he asks us to do, we call that obedience, guards our hearts and minds in Christ for a classic Christmas. Look, it is Christmas. And so today, tomorrow, this week, let us all keep reflecting on what a true classic Christmas is, and that's keeping our eyes and our heart set on Jesus. So there's a couple practical things you can do, and then I want to pray with this. A couple things you can do. Maybe you're going to do like what, what my family does. Maybe you read the Christmas story together before you open a present or two. Read the Luke 2 story. Uh, or you could get together, maybe before that dinner, and you're going to pray prayers for peace, justice, and goodwill for all people. That you would pray that together. And maybe, and maybe you could practice generosity beyond just giving gifts that you wrapped. But actually looking around and saying, who, who could I bless? Being generous. That's another way. And then aim, aim maybe this Christmas and this year to live the resurrection life. And what that looks like is a life filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Empowered by Jesus, our Emmanuel. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your love for us, your faithfulness, your mercies that are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Father, as we celebrate this Christmas 2023, I pray that you'd help each of us to have the courage and the strength to keep our eyes and our hearts set on Jesus, your son, the author and perfecter of our faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.